What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Hey Look Listen. I am Ona Reardon, and joining me once again, Jonathan Marcy and Liam Sheehan. Gents, it has been a while, but it is really good to see you both. How are you doing? Yeah, it's been ages this time. Actually, I, f- I feel like I don't know how to do a podcast anymore. I don't remember how it works. Jonathan, explain Hello. why it's been forever. Uh, just, you know, I suppose couldn't be arsed, really. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. No, it, <laughs> Not speaking it, as, as a collective there, uh, but no, good, good to be back. It, it, to be it, back. Is, it yeah. does feel like feels an age. So I told Liam before we hopped on that it feels like that episode of The Simpsons where the B-sharps get back together, that it's just so <laughs> bittersweet. <laughs> Who's, Barney? Is- who's, who's the one singing in the the bathroom? Probably, Probably Liam. Damn, yeah. yeah. Oh, always yeah. singing in the in the washroom. Gentlemen, what have you guys <laughs> been playing since I spoke to you last? Because it has been a while. Liam, I'll start with you, bud. I've actually been like really busy. There's some uh, life changes happening, but I almost had nothing to talk about. But since it has been so long, um, I actually yeah, I'm playing a game at the moment, but I'm thinking um, I'm actually going to save it for next time. What you get at? What you get at? Nonsense. Because I actually want to talk about. Um, I finally got to play a PlayStation Five for the first time in my life. Oh. I was visiting two of my friends, and they had one. And yeah, it was you know like way late. Just things I've been out almost a year now. But um, I want to talk about one thing I played on it called um, Astro's Playroom. Hmm. which is the kind of little platform game that comes built in with the PlayStation 5. And I was just absolutely smitten with it. It was my favorite thing about playing the PlayStation 5. I absolutely loved it. It's just my friend, my friend Sarah said it in the perfect way. It's like Christmas morning in a game, you know, mm-hmm. even though I was just visiting someone's house and playing it, it just felt like it was that energy of kind of opening a game on Christmas morning. I hope there was children who got a PlayStation 5 for Christmas last year and were able to like play this game. It's a really like, just like beautiful looking very simple but very it plays very well a platform game he plays as a robot but the, it's supposed to teach you about the the inner workings of PlayStation yeah. 5 so all the levels all the levels are based inside like different parts like the cooling the fan the cooling system the gpu and yeah and it's uh, and everywhere you go there's little robot friends and if you see one of them holding the camera it means that they're uh recreating an old playstation game uh, they're kind of you know so you might see one dressed up as snake or or kratos or something like that you know and or, cool. or a gigantic one that's supposed to be one of the class i from shadow of the classes and i sort of i sort of hate this modern thing like um of just like reference like if you've seen the new space jam that is just like reference look do you get the reference i kind of hate but i will admit <laughs> something a little bit kind of uh susceptible to this one because i just loved finding all these little games they're referencing and there's some deep cuts like fucking vib ribbon jumping flash all these like old playstation games i'm i've always counted myself as a nintendo guy but i have but they, grown have, up they have a deep history like now you know a lot of yeah, people yeah, they're 20, yeah. 25 years yeah so i was just like yeah i really loved it and the soundtrack is amazing and yeah it's just that it was it's such a good energy and a good vibe good atmosphere and uh yeah for me it's dethroned Wii Sports as I think the best ever hmm. free tie-in game with on a console. I just thought it was absolutely lovely. Really enjoyed it. And uh, you know the Dual Shock, whatever. What's the new thing called? It's not called Dual Shock anymore. Their new controller, Dual Sense. Yeah, it shows off all that really well. Just like when it starts raining and you can feel the pitter patter through the rumble and the way the the back buttons can kind of um, lock against you and stuff like that. So it was like a really good tech demo that they just went way too hard on. They did not need to make a game this good, and they did, and that was just absolutely wonderful. I can't. I'm actually looking forward to getting my own PlayStation Five to actually play it myself, and I will collect everything in it. Well, you'll be it was, you'll it, be waiting a while. Yeah, was, yeah. No, I'm in no rush to get a PlayStation Five myself, but when I do. I will be back into. I've been listening to it on YouTube, the soundtrack. Like I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I'm really like smitten with it. Marcy, what's going on with you? 
I have been playing a video game. <laughs> um, that I don't think either of you have heard of or have played before. Um, it's called Final Fantasy IX. You're still playing? <laughs> I love um, it. I, I love it. Uh, I just hit Pinnacle Rocks. Is that a thing? Yep. I think it was. Absolutely. Um, been enjoying it an awful, awful lot. A lot more than I thought I would. Initially started out kind of with the plan to just kind of breeze through the story and maybe avoid some of the battle stuff, but uh, I ended up getting sucked into that in a big way. And even though it's very basic, it's still pretty enjoyable. Um, I will say the Switch version isn't very good. Um, really? I have, I have man, I have so many problems with it. Um, it's crashed maybe, I want to say, four or five really? times since I started playing it. Yeah. It's not that big a deal, things like it auto-saves with literally every single transition. Mm-hmm. He's just so, auto-saving it. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So it's not too bad, um, but other problems like if you <laughs> put your switch to sleep, and then uh, when you power back on later in the day, um, for some reason you have to press the A button three times to move the dialogue ahead. Really odd, like silly buggy things like yeah, that I that got, they don't seem to, be, to be working on at all. So, uh, but I, I'm enjoying it a lot. Like it's such a good story. It's so much fun. Um, I, I hate the fact I kind of love it. Were you, um, were you convinced you to play it post our, our last episode, you know, numbered entry where I spoke about it? I just say what you phrase that was very odd. Um, but yeah, I, I just I was like, well, where's he going with this? Um, yeah, it was your, your heartfelt plea on about how it was such a great game. And um, uh, it just, I was like, ooh, no one's ever spoke from the heart like that before. I need to go check this out. Ever. I feel like he does uh, every episode. I feel like he speaks from the heart every episode, but every game we do. I'm usually, listeners probably don't know, but uh, I'm, usually, I'm usually reading. When, <laughs> when, you, when, you guys, when you guys are talking, I'm just reading, reading a book. Um, but honestly, like, it's, and I don't mean in a way that, like, I'm disgruntled that I like it, but I was like, why did I not? I really wish I had experienced it when I was younger, because I'd say yeah. the sense of nostalgia you'd feel now would be mm-hmm. pretty, pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, uh, don't know the fact I paid 28. You were first, but look, that's what oh, it yeah, is. That's steep. I will, I will, I'll probably play, probably play eight next. I think. I think I'm, I'm going to get yeah. stuck into as many of them. Yeah. I, I will declare that I think maybe the best thing that's happened because of this podcast is Marcy playing Final Fantasy. Not only to Final Fantasy, but Final Fantasy Nine. And can I just like reveal something that in the last like you started uh, football manager. Month, no, actually, I, I was hoping, I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up because I feel so bad now because Morris, you immediately played the game that we recommended he play on the podcast and I still haven't played football. Look at my phone background. Oh, God. My phone background what, is literally... That's what I was going to bring yeah, up, man, because yeah. me and Marcy have met up in the real world for the first time in years since that. And I was just there, like, and beside Marcy's point at the pub, I was like, Marcy, do you have a Final Fantasy IX background? And it just it filled my heart with so much warmth to see. Uh, <laughs> I'd Photoshop Liam's face onto all of the characters. Yes. Mm. <laughs> wonderful <laughs> um yeah since, since i've spoken to both you gentlemen i kind of i've hopped around a small bit liam i texted you the other day um i randomly started the master chief collection in yeah as i anticipate halo infinite coming out in december um, because after gamescom they actually finally gave the release date for that and i quickly discovered after about four hours that i don't think halo is for me I remember, okay. like, I remember playing it. <laughs> Sucks. Sucks, it was with, I was definitely with one of you. I think it actually might have been uh, Liam. It might have been uh, one of the first times he was over at my house when I picked up Halo 3. I actually remember that, and we were both kind of just sitting there kind of going, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. And so, but I was kind of like, you know what? I'll, I'll, 
I'll dive back in. I'll I'll see if I can really get into the, the, the hype around Halo Infinite, but like it's just it's just not for for me. I I much before a corridor story driven rather than a kind of open world ish uh type of shooter. And I just it was just I just didn't find it very interesting to be honest. And I've turned off a whole load of Microsoft and Xbox fans off this podcast right now. Probably. Yeah, well, I was just about to say we've lost half of our viewership <laughs> now anyway. Halo is so beloved. I actually love how beloved Halo is. It can be sometimes feel very kind of inspiring uh, to see people and hear people talk about Halo, but I'm the same. I've never felt it myself. Yeah. They're <laughs> yeah. not good games. Oh my like, gosh. I, I, they're really not. Like I remember playing the first time. I bought the first time it came out from like, years and years ago. It says like three, maybe? They're they're kind of shit. <laughs> And like um, Halo 2 was um, kind of the advent of almost kind of online multiplayer on consoles. Yeah. That was kind of a huge deal at the time. Yeah. And that's something I wouldn't have been interested in back then. Um, so I kind of, yeah, wasn't wasn't my neck of the woods. Halo was never my, I was too busy playing like single player shit. Yeah, the, like the most fun I've had with it is the ability to switch back and forth between the original graphics and the remastered. Um, at oh, it's cool. kind of like um, it reminded me of remember when Monkey Island did their special yeah. edition and, and remake and the way you were able to do that. So it's it's actually funny seeing the uh, juxtaposition between art styles. So the the the, the like the re um, the, the the re I'm gonna call it a remake version because it's that much of a, a leap up. It's not even a remaster. Mm. It, it completely changes how that kind of game feels um, because of the look of it, which was um, super interesting. And yesterday I started Psychonauts 2. Um, com- yeah, that was the game I'm playing at the moment, but I, I was, I'm not going to talk about it. I actually want to finish it before I talk about it on the podcast, but how are you enjoying I it? I haven't played the first one. And I, oh, yeah, ever. no, never. And my, I only know it because of you, Liam. I know you were such an, an mm. advocate for it when, uh, when we were younger, but um, it's charming as hell and it's funny. And very mm. rarely uh, are games funny. Um, it controls and plays like an old school pla- action kind of platformer, which is kind of refreshing. You know what I mean? It's it's a game that's somewhat like stuck in its ways, but I, I kind of love that about it. Mm. Um, on Game Pass. So, of course, why wouldn't I play it? Um, but I, I paid 60 euros for it. <laughs> the get the cheapest one yeah, take the leap mm. and get the cheapest one like it's yeah it's a no-brainer like can i ask you something just uh, i'm actually going to talk about psychonauts in the next episode and, and the first one but oh are the loading times okay on the xbox yeah Man, they're atrocious they're atrocious on playstation 4 they're so bad yeah i anyway it's because anyway. it's definitely it's definitely not happy yeah. i got it <laughs> <laughs> Lo- loading times are fine. Yeah, I, I okay. don't think it stood out for, for me to say, like, oh, this piece of shit. But we, of course, are here to talk about a game today that has absolutely no humor in it and is very depressing and is quite sad, but is one of my <laughs> favorite games and I'm super excited to talk about it. It is a game that I have probably mentioned on every single episode of this podcast today, so I'm sure everyone's looking forward to me uh, not, <laughs> not speaking about it in the future. That game, of course, is... The Last of Us. I will spiel off a bit of Wikipedia for those who don't know what we don't. We don't get the information off Wikipedia. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, we talking about what's Wikipedia? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> so, The Last of Us is a 2013 action adventure game developed by Naughty Dog and published by Sony Computer Entertainment. Players control Joel, 
a smuggler tasked with escorting a teenage girl, Ellie, across a post-apocalyptic United States. The Last of Us is played from a third-person perspective. Players use firearms and improvised weapons and can use stealth to defend against hostile humans and cannibalistic creatures infected by a mutated fungus in the genus of or the in the genus Cordyceps. Um, and I'm going to leave it there because I want to. I just want to dive into this straight away, and I don't want to talk about the multiplayer right now. Um, but gents, <laughs> forgot there was multiplayer. <laughs> It's lit. It's literally the next section. I know. It's literally the next section. I want to go back to your earliest memories uh, with this game. And Marcy, I want to start with you. When and how was the first time that you came across this game? Sorry, apologies. I first played it in 2004. Um, Weirdly enough, almost 10 years before it came out. No, (laughs) I have. uh, So I I knew. I didn't know you were going to ask that, but we generally do kind of, you know, try to talk about our initial uh, first encounter with it. So I, and I couldn't remember at all. Um, like, I really, really couldn't. So booted up my old PS3, which is over there for listeners. I'm pointing really? slightly off camera. Yeah. It's such a good pointer. Yeah, it's, it, well, actually, you can even see my finger. It's very good. Go. It's weird. Um, but anyway, um, and I was like, I'll, I'll try and find the first trophy uh, to kind of figure out uh, where it was that oh, I first fucking, played it. Fucking Sherlock yeah, Holmes did, here. Did like... a bit of research, eh? Mm, yeah. Kind uh, of. I wouldn't call it research. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hang on. I, I also read that Wikipedia article. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, and it all came flying back to me. Uh, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was a really uh, crazy time. Um, I played it the week I moved to Canada. Um, so it was like over a year since it had been out, I think. Um, but uh, the first trophy was March 29th, uh, 2014. You were so a bit late like, to it, though. So. I was, apparently. I don't remember hmm. being late to it, but there you go. Um, and I just moved to Canada. I was uh, living in an absolutely horrendous uh, apartment, like squalor would be a... Yeah. A nice way to describe it, to be honest with you. We're getting the 4D experience. You are, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to push the smell (laughs) smell of vision is on its way. Um, But uh, all I had in the room, I I had a blow-up mattress, and I had a TV, and I had the PS3. Um, And I'd also forgotten a USB cable, so the controller died a couple of times, but that's what I'm talking about. That's very upsetting, yeah. But (laughs) but, um, the thing that sticks out in my mind more than anything first playing it is the intro. Uh, those first scenes uh, with Joel's daughter Sarah um, walking around the house, uh, the little car journey they take with, with Tommy blew me the fuck away, man. Like I, I was a big fan of uh, Uncharted two, and to a much lesser degree Uncharted, um, but I did not. I wasn't. I wasn't prepared, I guess. I hadn't maybe read much about it. Uh, the Wikipedia article didn't exist yet. Um, but I th- that first like half hour to an hour blew me away, man. And like I still now I now I do <laughs> now I very vividly remember um, remember remember that first encounter. So yeah, le- left an impression for sure. What about you, Liam? Well, I remember it was on E3 for years and years. I felt like this was a game that was a long time coming. I remember teaser trailers for it for ages and. I was kind of, um, I was kind of a naughty dog guy ever since Crash Bandicoot One, uh, right through Jack and Daxter to Uncharted. I'd get everything they make, and I remember young Liam lamenting. I was like, "Oh my god, look at these studio! All the big studios from the PlayStation era—they're all like growing up and making mature projects." And I didn't actually like that. I was like, "Oh, the guys who made Spire the Dragon and Ratchet and Clank—they're like making a kind of remember Resistance Fall of Man. Yep. They're making a kind of a World War Two alien shooter, whatever that was." 
I remember thinking, uh, or the guys that make Sly Raccoon, Sucker Punch, they're making Infamous, a super edgy kind of um, superhero thing. And I was like, oh, now Naughty Dog, who made Jack and Daxter and Crash Bandicoot, you know, and they're making a zombie thing. And I remember actually been having no hype for it until uh, the first hour, like Morris said, until I actually played that game. That first hour is one of the most, like, um, amazing proof of concepts for a game ever. Mm. I just remember, like, the butterflies in my stomach and how... How, I think the economy of the writing and how quickly it made you care for people who don't know it begins with a horrible death and it's so well done mm-hmm. it's yeah. so very well done and it's and that's like kind of the beginning of a, a absolutely unforgettable game you know and all my cynicism just completely disappeared yeah I you know I probably said in our e3 episode but I I'm just such a huge fan of of e3 and I love seeing those surprises and and those announcements so um, you know, I was a huge and still am a Naughty Dog fan. So, you know, when uh, when I saw their logo come up on, on, on the screen, and I think it was, I forget, was it 20, 2010, 2011? I, I could be butchering this. But I remember the demo that they showed that was um, taking place in one of the buildings. And it was it was very much the, the like the tone piece. Um, and uh, the the gameplay set for for what this game was, and it was it was showing the cooperative nature of how Ellie would assist Joel, and that they were being attacked by um, a number of, I suppose, you know, raiders. I'll, I'll call them, and just how visceral and violent this thing was for uh, an E3 stage, and um, it was just completely and utterly unfor- unforgettable. I remember like Joel being attacked and being like strangled by someone, and then Ellie coming in, say like cursing being like you you get the fuck off him and as part of the seamless gameplay ellie i think either stabs him or throws um a brick against him but you know it was all happening in real time and it was kind of like what the hell is this um and i remember being super super impressed but by the i i was kind of like with marcy i was late to um the game in terms of when i actually got to play it and do i win do i win i think i played at launch what do i get i played 2004 <laughs> oh yeah, shit. I said God. that. God damn it! But I <laughs> time yeah. traveling. <laughs> I was living in England at, at the time when I was living in Reading, and I remember my parents were over uh, visiting me that weekend, and I think that's why I was like late playing it. I, when I say that I was late playing it, it was like a week after or something. But okay. it was the. Am I wrong in saying it was the, like the weekend of Troy Baker because that was it was the same release date as Bioshock Infinite? It wasn't the same day, was it? Oh, wow! It was. I don't it was think in I, around the I same remember, time. I do remember thinking like twenty. Like I didn't know who he was, even though he's been around for a while and he's a voice actor in one of my favorite games, Persona Final Four. Plays, oh. I know Persona Four, which was out before, which was out like years before, and he plays my favorite character in that. But I didn't know who he was until the year of Troy Baker, twenty thirteen, where he <laughs> he played Joel and um, Booker DeWitt, the main character of Bioshock mm-hmm. Infinite. But I would, I would be. My socks would be blown off if, if to find out they came out on the same day. Surely neither of those companies no, would have they, wanted they, those games to come out on the same day. But for me, I was able to purchase them on the same day. So it was <laughs> it was a joyous, joyous day. And I, I remember sitting in, in, in my bedroom and I had just my TV set up there. And it was one of those it was one of those experiences where you just can't put it down. And, it, you know, like a good book, uh, it's very, very rarely for me that like I just wanted to do this thing in one sitting because it was ju- I was just so sucked in. Well, you know what that is? It's because with Uncharted 2 and then even more so with, with The Last of Us, Naughty Dog were absolutely perfecting the pacing for these kind of games. Mm. 
the last of us one of my biggest compliments i'll give to the first last of us is that uh what it you know what it lacks and maybe people might want you know i don't but i'm just hypothetically people might want it to be a bit more open it's a very linear game but I think pacing is a thing people don't often like think about when you, when these games are linear because surely just a path forward for the entire game, what you need to work on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, The Last of Us is a masterpiece of pacing of when to put a, like a, a two minute cutscene in, when to have when to have a quiet bit when you're just kind of wandering yeah. around and talking to characters and maybe rummaging for items, or when to do a big action set piece or a slower horror set piece. And that, that the reason that game is so hard to put down is because they fucking designed it that way mm-hmm. uh, do, to perfection. Do you know what isn't as good at pacing? That's what's too. Correct. Yep. I uh, definitely something we want to talk about next week. I think they sacrificed their perfect pacing uh to do other things in the Last of Us 2. Mm-hmm. But I will say we're missing a bridge there. Um even more so than the Last of Us 1, Uncharted 4 is expertly paced. Uncharted 3. Three, three, do you know what three? I was gonna say three, three was bad, so I thought that was a it's inessential, which is why I jumped straight to four. Uncharted yeah. four is is the is the peak of Naughty Dog just making these brilliantly paced games? But but own oh, just to go on what you're saying. That's why I think you couldn't put down The Last of Us. On that. Also, maybe because of its good writing. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it, <laughs> and you were trapped in your room, Richard. I was. <laughs> was. Did I not mention that? Yeah. When I said you I was in my room, I was tower. actually trapped. Let's talk about that uh, opening ten to fifteen minutes because that is when. People say to, you know, uh, video games might have a bit of a stigma about, you know, what they are as an art form or as a medium. And I always look to that initial 10 to 15 minutes of The Last of Us and I sit people down and I'm like, you know, just like experience this because I still can't think of another game that is so impactful within the time uh, given, Um, both because it was a bit of a, um, a misdirect from the marketing from my point of view because it was totally unexpected um, and I think that's something uh, really well done but uh, how it actually used all of everything at his disposal from you know a lack of cutscenes to interactivity to sound design to what's going on in the environment around you so like what's that apart from you know the the end of you know Sarah's demise I'll, I'll say you know, what stands out in that first very delicate yeah, way to put what it. stands out in that or like opening 10 to 15 minutes for you guys well i feel uh, like an idiot because i remember thinking on she doesn't look like the girl on the box i don't have no idea why i was such a fool why i thought she was like, going to be like the main character girl but she's not she's obviously not she's a completely different character but i remember thinking like i'm an idiot she's obviously not the same girl <laughs> yeah. as the girl i've been seeing in the trailers and on the box yeah i thought um i actually thought as well liam is an idiot as well yeah at the time completely well, i was texting i was texting yeah. time with a bunch, a bunch of misspellings yeah. and everything yeah but, but, I, I, was, I was asking how my toaster works <laughs> sorry <laughs> um i actually do you know what it was it's it's one thing and as i was playing the second one again recently that really just the one thing they do so well with those games is even in those initial minutes the house you're in feels so lived in. Mm-hmm. It feels like a house of like a close family. It's very realistic. The TV being on, the news already breaking, um, and just walking around. And again, I instantly just started going, oh, I'm going to explore absolutely everything in this room, room by room. But it's when you go downstairs, and I think there's an explosion. When you're upstairs, like the yeah. Is it when you're upstairs? Yeah. And I remember, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'd love, maybe you guys are different at this. When I play video games, I'm usually just very quiet. Like just sitting there quietly in the zone playing it, I genuinely gasped. I was like, oh, 
like, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> like, why am I shocked? I know this game is not going to be all chill. It's gonna be, you know what I mean? Like, why am I shocked at all? Um, but I remember the sound design and everything just made me kind of go, oh my God, I'm so nervous and so worried for her safety. Um, well, in, in zombie in zombie stories, I always love the, not not so much like the Walking Dead, here's, here's what's like months and years later, but you know, the moment of the, the virus happening, they kind yeah. of, the anarchy just beginning. Do you know one? Do you know what film actually does it really well? Um, Dead, Shaun, Shaun of the, the Dead. Of the Dead yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like something that's not appreciated. That that, yeah. that scene of Sean walking to the shop when everything's fine, and then walking to the shop the next day. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. But the Last of Us one in that opening fifteen minutes does it ex- expertly as well with the kind of the news in the house, and then having to like shoot the neighbor. And then, uh, yeah. by the way, you're not playing as main character Joel for this yeah. whole thing. And needs to be said, you're playing as Sarah, his daughter, and then being stuffed into the car and driving. And you kind of you have while you're driving you have free reign of the camera and you can mm. kind of see like things outside a barn on fire you can just see the beginning of shit going down until you get into the, like a, the town proper and then everything just really hits the fan yeah it, it's i totally agree with you liam uh, another one that kind of does it well for me is and one of my favorite movies is uh, cloverfield and it's kind of similar you know where everyone is kind of up on up on the roof and uh, they're gathering up there and i think it's the empire state building that that blows up yeah. and then it's the problem with cloverfield is like none of them are likable yeah. i wanted them all to die but it is but for what for exactly what you're talking about it is it is brilliant at doing that and then yeah. and then it's and then it's pure anarchy but like democracy's point it was you're 100 correct in that like the environmental storytelling of just the house alone is absolutely phenomenal because even before the tv i think you have an opportunity to like read a newspaper and on that newspaper it's talking about um, how all of these patients are coming into uh, the hospital and there's a 300% uh, increase in infection rates and they, and they don't know what's going on. And and it's what, it's one of my favorite scenes in, in the actual game where you're looking at that television and it's a news reporter outside of the hospital. And on the TV, it ex- the, you see that uh, there's the explosion, but then the game indicates to you to look to the left outside the window and that exact same explosion mm. is happening within a proximity cool. to you. Um, yeah. And cool. then, uh, and then Liam, as you said, it's, it's the pure panic downstairs, you know, and they, they don't use, they're not using any sound, right? It's like, there's no, uh, there's no real dundrum of a, of a soundtrack that's happening. It's, it's pure calm and pure uh, stillness. So, I think Final Fantasy battle music would have been very cool <laughs> when the first when the first zombie comes in. That'd be class. Oh god, I get that now. <laughs> uh, but then even the phone call from Tommy about like where's Joel and and what's going and what's going on. Then Joel running into the house, being chased by the neighbor, and him having to shoot the neighbor. Um, it's so cool. it's one of the one of the greatest um, video game moments in in my personal opinion, and really sets the tone uh, for what uh, for what comes next, which is twenty years later. And well, that, that scene of the daughter dying, of Sarah dying, is absolutely, you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I do. It's absolutely harrowing. It's so well done. And there's a, a video on YouTube about the, the acting of that scene and Joel Baker being called back as Troy the Baker. director, Neil Druckmann. So I call Joel him Baker. Joel Baker. <laughs> Joel's his character. Troy is the man. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I got it now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's just an amazing, even, you know, this is. Maybe not to think that's most important in video games, but it's just it, outside of everything, it's just an amazing piece of acting. Um, her death scene, um, um, Troy is very good in, <laughs> in, in that scene, and then yeah, it's just a 
the credits start rolling and you just but you're only 10 minutes in and then it's a 20 years later and you begin the game properly it's such it's such a strong opening yeah possibly and probably uh my f- favorite video game opening and one of my favorite video game moments uh of all time so let's hop around then in terms of some of our other you know call out scenes and, and favorite moments of this game before we d- dive into many of the other facets uh of it so liam marcy anything you want to bring to the table in terms of your personal favorites apart from that opening 10 i have many but i have one that maybe is a little bit personal to me perhaps um listeners will know that john isn't the biggest fan of survivor horror games uh i don't generally like things that make me go oh, or, oh. uh generally me makes me a bit uneasy yeah, yeah, I, I jumped. Uh, the, the second one wasn't me. The first one scared me, and the second oh one was me reacting. Um, but the, and I, look, I, I'll be honest, my, my memory of whereabouts it is in the game is a bit hazy, but I think it's the first time you come across an actual clicker, and you have to basically get a generator started. Um, and like you're you know, going through the tunnels, it's dark, blah, blah, blah. But when you finally get uh, the generator started, the noise actually attracts the clicker directly to where you are. Um, it's uh, one of two times in my 33, 32 years, not 33 yet, 32 years on this planet where I have gone, nope, and turned uh, the computer off, went, I'll do that later. Was there a time? Uh, Silent Hill 2, after about maybe seven minutes. <laughs> the minute that walkie-talkie went, I was like, don't like that. Uh, Going to go for a walk, and I never ever played Silent Hill 2 again. Um but that game, man, like when you can talk about the soundtrack and the sound, like and just sound design in general, the, the it's a game that when there isn't sound, that's when it's most terrifying. When there's like proper silence and I don't know what's around the corner, I'm not sure what's happening. That's when the game really, really creeps me out. Um, and I remember that clicker coming towards me. I had two bullets and a gun, and I think I had like that nail uh, kind of grenade bomb thingy yeah. in the first one, and that's all I had. Um, and I won't, I won't give Liam a chance to chat, but the reason I love that scene so much is that I managed to outsmart that clicker, and it was just some of the most enjoyable combat I've played in a game in a long, long time, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But that game, when you when you pull something off that was really, really difficult, when you're low on health or low on ammo, and you manage to get through to the next sec- section, it's one of the most, it's such a rewarding feeling with that game. Um, but yeah, I, I did turn it back on. I think a couple of days later, I went back and, and finished it. But it was the Silent Two. What about Silent Hill Two? Yeah. Did you? I never played it. <laughs> never played it. No, no, okay. no. <laughs> what about you, Liam? There's something, just something I want to say about the game in general, and this is not at all uh, an insult. It's uh, just an observation that the game is kind of built around tropes. Um, it's a zombie. It's a zombie story, which is uh, I don't know. In 2013, even you know, it was kind of you know running its course. You know. I think that actually maybe was, was that Walk, when Walking Dead was like huge. I remember kind of thinking I that was like the peak. Like, it was peak. When video they, games yeah. as well. Video games are done zombie to zombies to death. Mm. <laughs> but what you do in, in in a situation like that, if you're making something that's built on a trope or something that's been done before, you um, not even talking about the story, which also I think is built on tropes, but just in terms of a zombie apocalypse, it's a really really unique one. And I've always loved the creature design in um, mm. The Last of Us. Marcy, you mentioned the clickers, which you know, the whole thing is. Um, cordyceps it's 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 fungal infection mm-hmm. the suggestions that the infected are kind of underneath it and still like aware and like yeah. you know suffering but they're they're being controlled by these like and the, the longer they're in the state the, the more the cordyceps grow and then there's like an evolutionary cycle yeah yeah 
I think the clickers might be one of the best video game monsters ever made. Um, even just just design wise, and I mean the sound design as well. That their their sound is like terrible. Oh fuck hell, man! Oh wow, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. yeah. So I've always just I've I always just I always just appreciated the. Um, all the bits in that game with clickers in it and just the kind of there's a good arc of evolution of enemies in that game that you kind of get to see as the food you eventually meet bloaters and stuff like that oh. i've always loved the first fight with a blow with the bloater in the gym in the school gym as well because you're just like what like like the characters like ellie you're like what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> what, is go- <laughs> what is going on yeah it- uh, and i i would say one thing and this is the last time i'll talk about the second game i promise because no wanna, i am just gonna reference it as well well, I just kind of, I feel what Liam just said on us was something I really felt during the second game. The first game, you kind of had you know your clickers and the bloaters and kind of the the regular infected. It did a great job of like throwing in those different types at the right time. I felt the second game didn't do that as well. I found myself you know facing clicker after clicker after clicker, and at the, and at, there was a point where they just weren't as scary to me or you know as hard. And same with the bloaters. I think the first game did a better job of kind of. I think staggering out when you encountered uh, different weird. There are many more enemies in two, though. Many more varieties. Mm-hmm. Not not that many more. Mm. In terms of humans, yes. It's a, oh, well, humans. It, it's yeah. a tough one though, because like you set the precedence for how far you can bring the evolutionary cycle, and you don't want to be like, well, we're kind of like the prequel kind of thing of like, well, where were these during this time? You know what I mean? Because you know, like what I part of. Um, you know, the scenes with the spores, you know that like mm. that's almost the end for, you know, someone who has been infected because they decide to become part, you know, part of the building and the fungus decides to disperse. So you almost know what the fucking what the end is for for someone who has yeah, been. Infected. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it, so I actually played this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, I, I probably play it uh, once a year, once every every other year and i didn't play it actually before the last of us 2 came out and this entire like sequence kind of hit differently um for me post last of us 2 and it was it was the entire sequence with uh where joel and ellie run into um henry and sam um two brothers who are also trying to make their way uh, across the states, looking for I think they're looking for the fireflies as well. Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah. Yeah. They're with a big group, and they're the last. Yeah, group. and it, you know, it's it kind of hit differently because part of the second one is you know kind of seeing it through the eyes of the parallel of what's happening to you know Joel and Ellie and this kind of group of people. Um, so seeing it this time around, it was just the decisions that were made kind of hit home. Um, a, a, a bit stronger for me um, and seeing uh, you know uh, I think it's Sam who becomes infected and then Henry has to actually kill his younger brother because he is infected all of that kind of thing um, there was just something about it that you know first time around just didn't not that it didn't resonate with me but definitely after the second playthrough where you actually play as people on the other side so when someone fucks you over um, I think Henry does it once um, it kind of just hit that you know everyone is kind of trying to survive. So there, there was a, a big sequence there before you reach Tommy's dam. I, I, I think that like really, really just uh, hit home of like holy shit. You know, everyone is in it together, but everyone is also 
by themselves and just trying to survive. No one's safe. Like it's a game where every main character, just anyone can go. And that, that just makes you so uneasy throughout the story. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, it has to be said, and it, it's one of those moments that sticks out in my head uh, forever. It's kind of, as well as the opening, um, you guys probably know I'm probably alluding to the, the, giraffe, the giraffe scene um, at the university, <laughs> which is, it's just this absolutely beautiful and poignant moment in the midst of all of this chaos. Um, that And, you know, I, I'd say it's about three quarters just over three quarters away through the game and everything that you've been through and the struggles and the hardship Further. yeah closer to the end than that even. End, yeah yeah, yeah. That's yep. that big scene with ellie and that dude yeah, yeah. dennis as i think david david yeah and this, this beautiful moment where the the wildlife is kind of making its way through um i forget what city it is but a campus unit a university campus and they have this really close inter- interaction with a giraffe of like you know you can survive life goes on it was just one of these you know really really poignant moments that the last of us two had as well and i actually look forward to to, to speaking about that there's no giraffes there's a giraffe in the last of us too no it was different animals though oh sharks. sorry continue wasn't sharks <laughs> that would have been cool <laughs> um you the combat of the game for you guys i actually you know it, it's revered the game as a whole as you know maybe one of the greatest games of all time but some people touch on the combat that it, it wasn't fun and marcy it was it, i i was really really happy to hear you speak about the how rewarding it was um so let's uh speak about that for a small little bit personally um i was a huge fan of the crafting system uh in this mm. game um you know the game gives you very very little um to play with which i'm not a big fan of fucking big menus and having a hundred things to to craft and use because you never actually use all of that shit but this just gives you really three or four items yeah and it's absolutely terrifying when you're trying to craft them and someone's you know s- slowly coming down on top of you and you're you, you gotta be quick um i i really like the the combat system because it's fairly straightforward but it just does the basics really really well um there's lots of third person uh, action, action adventure, even kind of stealth games that layer on, you know, just different type of things you can power up with again and again. I refer to the Assassin's Creed series that just has had 15 goals to make combat enjoyable from a third person point of view and have yet not even come close. Um, but I, I love them. I think it's last of two, again, not to keep going back to that, but that definitely makes massive improvements, but it's just, it's visceral. It's super violent, super fast, uh, super intense. Um, I don't tend to play the game uh, from a very stealthy point of view. I love to kind of run in and just start bashing stuff with bricks um, and and, and uh, baseball bats. But I, 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 I loved it. I think I do think it's one of the more challenging games I've played in a long time. Um, the second one had a couple of times where I was really, really frustrated. Um, but I think the one did a better job of kind of testing me from a survival horror point of view. Um, just really kind of stripping me of, of having anything. And Liam's like smiling at the fact that I said survival horror. I thought um, I was stripping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am topless today uh, on the podcast. Uh, yeah, um, I, 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 was, I was I was looking at the, the, the clock uh, on our on our recording of, of when I was going to start becoming a negative Nancy. Uh, I think it's now. <laughs> um, I disagree, Marcy. I love you, but I disagree. I disagree. The Last of Us 1 is many things. It is not a survival horror. And if it is, it's a bad one. It is an action game. It's an action game with a horror elements, and 
I much prefer it over something like Assassin's Creed uh, with all these, these options and like the crafting is just enough. But I think it lacks a lot of the things that make a survival horror game like properly tense and properly scary. I think that game is more is more concerned with being this brilliantly paced um, action movie that moves a good clip. I don't think it has those kind of manufactured highs and lows of kind of running out of ammo, running out of things and kind of feeling like you're in your lowest point and then maybe later on feeling you're the highest point. I actually, another game we did uh, on this podcast, I think Dead Space does it much better. And I think that was a game that was a couple of years older than that. I think something... I think I, I think we were at kind of an age when survival horrors. This was a perfect time. They weren't really happening anymore. They got like Resident Evil, like the main one, was gone. It was became full on full on bullshit. And I think looking now and modern things like uh, like I can't really compliment Last of Us as a good survival horror. Not in the likes of Resident Evil Seven, Resident Evil Eight, Alien Isolation, that just show how it's done so so much better. But I don't think it's trying to be. I do think it's trying to be an un- uncharted with with a with a horror theme. I think it's it's supposed to move along with a good clip, and it has you know choices to be made. But I don't think you're ever suffering from like ammo, lack of ammo, yeah, or lack of no, things. No, I'll play devil's to... advocate on that one actually. Uh, be- I'm fairly certain that depending on what level difficulty you play it on, it can easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Right? So I, I actually played it on easy for this uh, run through, you know, just to get it over and done with. And I wanted to experience that story again. I wasn't looking for anything that was challenging gameplay wise, but I'm fairly certain that if you put that game to di- game's difficulty to hard or, or, you know, very hard, the, the big thing is actually um resources and, and what they give you right so as in like, that's interesting now I, i've never played it hard yeah now, and i i could be mistaken hard. on that but i'm fairly sure that like when you said it it's there's an abundance of ammo and um crafting items so when you're because uh, i can think of certain situations um before in the past where it's like it is to a degree manufactured because and I go back to, I think it was a Henry and Sam piece where you're underground and you're fighting your way through what was an old firefly um, facility. And it's where actually Ellie gets split up from Joel and both of you take uh, someone else. Um, I think like Joel goes with Sam and Henry goes with Ellie. And that is actually manufactured to be on a harder difficulty where their push come to shove They you know, they, barely get out of there by the skin of their teeth mm. and it's actually mm. resources uh are really really skimping in that area so i do think there are certain points in that game that do push the survival horror element but i would agree for the most part that i wouldn't probably classify it as a survival horror game would, would it be too mean of me to say then that it, this game is eight years old now and it's aged a little bit gameplay wise would you agree with that at all? After playing two, I think, yeah, yeah. It, well, I think two is much better in, in, in the gameplay variety. We're not even going into the story. I think, I think the Last of Us One gives you a lot of options, um, and you often just end up kind of sneaking around large areas and choking people until, like, systematically until they're all dead. Or a brick is like mm-hmm. maybe much much handier than it should be in that game. Like a, having a brick in your hand at all times can get you out of like a lot, a of, lot situations. of situations. Yeah. Same, like I, I complimented the clickers as being really scary, but I think they're only really scary for the first half of the game because you can sneak past them all the time and they're not super clever and they're always uneasy. They're always uneasy to be around, but as soon as you kind of realize you can save your shanks uh, for doors, you don't have to use them. If, if you just crouch and walk around places slowly, the, the clickers won't get you. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I think it needed, like, 
I, I think my main thing I want to say about The Last of Us, my, my main thing is, I don't know whether this is good or bad, if you agree or not. I think it's a better story than a video game. And I don't know if that's a good thing or if that even matters. What, what do you mean by that name? I think the story is excellent. The story is like one of the best things ever. And I think there's a, like a reason why people years later are still talking about The Last of Us story, but not really talking about the gameplay. I don't know if the gameplay was influential. I don't think it, I, I just think it's a much better story. I, I think that, and the kind of harsh thing, I would say, Owen, you were spot on. Sorry, Marcy, you said it at the beginning. There's a, a ton of brilliant environmental storytelling in that game. It's all true, that game. But I think if you're not a gamer or you don't play games, you could watch it on YouTube and get the same experience. I don't think if you're not playing the game, you're not missing out much. No, you're being no. I like I, I, I was I was actually following you there until a certain point. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm actually, I, this is a very interesting debate right now. Yeah, because I do. Because Liam, you're so. If a game is built on tropes, like you said, right, then that's going to bleed into the gameplay. The gameplay is not going to be anything revolutionary for sure. But what The Last of Us does so well, and I would say better than any game I've ever played is it just dials up tension so, so much because I love the characters so much. So when I'm playing with them and if I'm going somewhere with Ellie or Ellie's going somewhere with me, uh, I want to make sure everyone survives and gets through to the next stage. So for me, maybe my definition of survival horror isn't isn't probably what the textbook is. You know, it's it's the, you know, you've got very little resources, you have to survive, you can't walk around uh, the obstacles in front of you, you have to kind of, you know, fight your way through. Um, but I... Oh, it's so funny because I did watch. I watched actually a bunch of YouTube videos of Last of Us. And I, I I got well, through about through halfway of the cutscene. There's no. I I'm not gatekeeping gaming. There's no problem with watching yeah, you games. Don't, you don't have YouTube. that right. No, of course not. <laughs> I don't have that right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I just think it's an interesting debate, and I think it's an interesting debate that's happening. And I want to talk about it much more in the next episode because I think it's fundamental to talking so, about the fucking um Last of Us. I, I have but, I have one or two questions even before, but. What, okay, what, like, what, no, but one of them being, <laughs> one of them being, if are you watching someone else's entire playthrough, or is it a no, case of like, are you just taking, you know, as other the games cut would, cutscenes for cutscenes? Because I what I would one hundred percent disagree if it was cutscene to cutscene, because I think the characterization is done. Um, in the scenes that aren't cutscenes, and I think that's how it's yeah. done through done through dialogue, though it is done through dialogue, not done through it's not not trying to get not done through gameplay. But but and, and this is and, and I think we're touching upon why The Last of Us is <laughs> the creme de la creme in terms of gaming because it pivots from what is capable of being shown through a cutscene, which to be fair, I would argue is a non-playable section versus a playable section where uh, Ellie and Joel are having that back and forth. But it's while Joel is exploring a house um, and Ellie's alongside you and she's asking questions where it's like, um, I, 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 there was one scene that like stuck out in my mind about like how Ellie had never had like ice cream. And, you know, yeah, and it's, 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 it's things like that. It's um, that, that, but that's still just writing. Yeah, me that's still, and that's still just writing. Yeah, <laughs> let me let me ask you, let me ask you this. <laughs> I, like it. I can feel the tension. No, um, no, 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 of course. Fucking, I'm, I'm between me and Owen. Sexual, But so you, when you talk about pacing, Liam, I argue that the pacing of The Last of Us wouldn't be so incredible as it is without the little spurts of brilliantly formed gameplay to continue yes. the pacing moving ahead. So if you take away that the gameplay, 
I'd imagine if you were just sit down and watch the cutscenes, mm. it would be yes. enjoyable and experience. I'll take that. Yeah, and I, I don't point. think it's, I don't think the it's the <laughs> no, it's not the writing that's ever ever in, que- in question. It's more about like my question really was it's if and it's a stupid question to be quite honest with you is like if if someone just watched <laughs> the cutscenes of the game, would they get yeah. the same? Uh, effect of the story i don't i don't think so versus watching i think so i think and that's one of my criticisms i think you would i i honestly think you would and and a person making putting up these cutscenes on youtube can have the bits when joel and ellie are chatting through gameplay they can just okay so, so that that's in. so that that's yeah. a different but, see but i i've brought it up before i brought it up in the grand theft auto I know, episode, but we cut, we cut that out episode. so people <laughs> 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 no, and I, and I and then I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it as a criticism, just an observation. But I always think there was a big choice made in The Last of Us, and they they probably made it for all the right reasons. And I'm not a game developer; they probably knew. And that fundamental choice was to have Ellie be invisible, uh, true gameplay. So probably so that whole game doesn't turn into an escort mission where you're taking care of mm. someone for the entire game, and that probably become much more annoying. But when you're writing a story where you become the, the the protector of a girl making across America and the gameplay doesn't reflect that. You're not telling your story with gameplay then. You're you're dividing the story parts and the gameplay parts. And God of War for the PS4 does this way better. And this is this is this is what I said. And uh, God of War is a better game through and through and God of War stands on the shoulders of The Last of Us. Wouldn't mm. it wouldn't be exactly what it was without The Last of Us 1. I just think I just think if someone wanted to get into the world of The Last of Us and they were, okay, oh, here's a six-hour video on YouTube, I don't think you're missing out by not playing it. And I do think so in 2. I think 2 tells the story uh, through its gameplay much more. And it's not, like, I love this game. I've played it a bunch of times, but I, I, it, when I played it last year before Last of Us 2 came out, it really jumped out at me of kind of the kind of the, the, the divide. And I'm a fan of Metal Gear Solid. Mm. So, you know, so I can't really say that, like, I don't I, I don't like games with a lot of cutscenes. I, and, and I think the pacing of Last of Us 1, exactly as you said, Marcy, is down to when it decides to do its cutscene, when it has this kind of gameplay, when it has this gameplay. But I still don't think when they all mesh together, I don't think it's this fucking masterpiece of video game storytelling. I think it's a masterpiece of storytelling, regardless. It'd be a good book as well. It'd be a good he, movie. Do you know what he's got me a bit on? As he was talking there, uh, I was thinking, can I think of a really big standout gameplay moment from the first game? And my brain went through about three or four brilliant story moments or cutscene moments, and I am struggling. Besides <laughs> the one a, I shared, which was you know, there's a reason pain. people talk about Troy Baker's performance when he, when Sarah is dying, and they don't talk about um, the bit where you have to, sh- you know, whatever. It's it, this game is celebrated for a story and its writing, and and why not? In terms of genre fiction, The Last of Us is an absolute masterpiece. It's one of the. I remember in 2013, I just remember thinking this is absolutely destroying all blockbusters. Yeah all kind of tv shows yeah. at the time this is so much better to care and and another thing about that pacing is the pacing of the writing is also great the burgeoning developing relationship between joel and ellie is absolutely perfect like those characters are so well defined so well realized and like, the emotional arc is perfect my thing and it, i'm maybe getting a bit more kind of you know angry sounding I'm, I'm really not i love the game i just don't think as a piece of virtual storytelling glass was one is all that interesting yeah, I, like and I, don't, I don't want to break your no, heart. No, you're not. But the thing is, you're you're, you're not <laughs> like you're not breaking yeah. my heart. And I, I was just going to edit it out anyway. <laughs> I was just going to edit that entire section out and just be like, <laughs> I actually stopped. Oh, I stopped Liam, recording Liam, when he started talking. So I was just... <laughs> Liam had to return to his own planet. <laughs> <laughs> I I I think my my point uh, above anything else really is, um, 
I fully understand, but it's what Naughty Dog did. In, it, and it's kind of what they did with uh, Uncharted to a certain degree is like, you're an active participant when the writing and the dialogue is taking place rather than being passive and watching it. And, you know, and whether or not you classify that as a, uh, I'm going back to this, is a cutscene or not, is yeah. is here nor there. But like, as in, I think that's gotcha. what like, it, it kind of what like really, really makes it. And it's those learnings that they actually brought into what elevated Uncharted 4, right? It was that, it was that exact mm. type of interactive mechanic, even if you're just driving. Um, you know, around fucking Safari or wherever they, they were in Uncharted 4. It's the it's the back and forth. And to a certain degree, you are passive, but at the same time, you are actively in, involved in because you are dictating where you, where you go, where you walk, wh- where you drive. So it it to a certain degree, it keeps you it keeps you engaged because you have to gameplay wise, keep, you know, keep moving forward. But, but you're talking about you Uncharted 4. Well. I'm talking about I'm <laughs> talking about the learnings they they took from the last. Oh my of god, us. I completely uh, agree. Uncharted 4 is more beholden to the Last of Us than it is to Uncharted 2, and Uncharted 4 is, regardless of how you feel about the setting and the and the the type of story, Uncharted 4 does all the things I want the Last of Us one to do. Uncharted 4 is much much better uh, in in terms of the, in terms of that, mm-hmm. and then the Last of Us 2 is a strange. Stranger Beast, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's kind of a there's a give and take uh, uh, going on in order to do what they did with that game. But yeah, so it I think it's a, a good segue into into this question, which is, do you think this can and will work um, as a TV show because it is happening right now, currently filming in Calgary? Yes. Yeah, the world is fantastic. I mean, like uh, when this was announced, I was kind of like, "Oh, we don't really need this." But kind of the more, the more I've been thinking about it, and the more the amazing casting has been revealed, I actually am getting very excited for it because I think the world of the Last of Us is amazing, and I think Calgary is nice. What as they, well, what, yeah. What, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what they'll surely be doing is, I think they're retelling the story of the Last of Us One, yes. right? And but because it's going to be, it's a, it's um, it's going to be a longer format, like our episodes, presumably. I hope they just delve into more things that we couldn't see. I'd like to see more of the um, um, quarantine zone uh, where Joel and Tess are at the beginning of the 20 years later part. I'd like to see more of the inner workings of that. I think it's a great opportunity to expand on characters like Bill, who's a fantastic character. Uh, and like he, In that game, he's given as much screen time as he needed, but I think mm-hmm. getting to know more about him would be fantastic. I, I think I think it's a good opportunity. Apparently, it's like the most expensive show ever made or something like that. If, or HBO show. HBO, HBO show, show yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Pe- Pedro Pascal is absolutely inspired. Casting. Absolutely, um, absolutely makes me feel a lot better than Tom H- Holland as Nathan Drake. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I don't know. Like honestly, man, I just it's I'm so skeptical about anything that goes from video game yeah. uh, to, to TV. I will say I enjoyed The Witcher a huge amount, but I still think yeah. that was influenced more by the books. But yeah, um, uh, I'll try to get excited for it. But I. I if you just listen to everything Liam just said in the last 10, 15 minutes, you would I'm not be... the keeper of The Last of Us. I'm just a man. Wait, a man with an opinion. <laughs> why, do have... why do you have that staff? <laughs> <on> that? Um... <laughs> None shall pass you who shall likes The Last of Us. No, I love The Last of Us. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about... what, what do you think, Owen? Because I know you're a huge yeah. fan. You're very excited I'm for the, the show. I'm super excited. I, I, I would say out of, um, out of the three of us, I've probably you know been more actively involved in seeing 
the majority of movie to our video game to, to movie adaptations, <laughs> you know, I'm probably more. Should we do an, uh, should, should we do a sequel episode on that sometime? <laughs> Just on Monster Hunter? Yeah. Get well, Marcy, get Marcy no, to watch another um, Mark watching. Wahlberg movie. Oh my God. <laughs> my, my history with Max Payne in this podcast is horrendous. <laughs> So it's a, it, it, a funny story. I was watching uh, Mark Wahlberg has this HBO show called Wall Street, of course. And oh it's just a reality show on on him and his businesses yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But oh, I'm gonna funny vomit. enough, they do bring a, they uh, bring up um, Uncharted because it was at the time in which uh, he was filming it. And uh, oh, wow. he does make the comment. He was like, yeah, I've been working on this one for so long that uh, initially, I was cast as the protagonist, the young guy, and now I'm playing the old guy. So, Sorry. very uh-huh. in-depth knowledge there. I'm not excited about that movie at all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he seems so passionate. Uh, apparently, he apparently he wouldn't grow a mustache for it. That's the word on the street. He can't name one movie mm-hmm. where he's a mustache. I know. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're right. I can't. I'm trying to wriggle out of it now. Uh, I think the best person to have played, uh, who could have played Nathan Drake. Time has moved on. Remember um, that amazing YouTube little mini movie with Nathan Fillion? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. He's just a bit too old now, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I met the director who, who did that, actually. Um, and it was um, he was at one of our oh, fan wow. expo things. We brought, brought him in because he's Canadian, I believe. Um, and that was oh. uh, fun, to t- fun to talk about. But that, w- that was Nathan Fillion would have made the a brilliant Nathan Drake, but he also kind of plays that character on on things like Firefly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but can I just say um, another thing that's happening? Well, rumor to be, I don't, I think it's a rumor. As much as I kind of gave out about the gameplay being a little bit aged from Last of Us, there, I still think it's very functional and because of you know how well paced it is, extremely enjoyable. I'm not standing here saying, "Hey, Naughty Dog, why don't you remake the Last of Us one?" I think that's an awful idea, but apparently it's happening. Oh, what? Really? Yeah. yeah. So it and it's it's, mm. it's a great point there because it'll tie into the the show right like i think that's kind of the idea here when he looked like pedro pascal in it you think that no that's a no, no that's really, a great question because like, they yeah. did the thing they did yeah. um for the remake for the ps5 um spider-man they recast um the they, 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 changed, they changed the face, the face. To, to tom holland really oh my to goodness. make him look a bit more like tom holland Yes, pointless. Yeah, absolutely pointless, and not as good. But I feel the same about. I don't know. If it's just because I'm old now and I've lived through different generations of games. I, I do, I'm, but I'm only old in the age where I can talk about games like an old man. Everything else, I'm, I feel quite young and spry. My knee hurts though. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> but um, uh, Dead Space has been remade as well, and I haven't played that game recently. We do not need a remake of Dead Space. It plays perfectly well. Um, yeah. I think these two thousands games, even though they might, you know. I think there's been lessons learned in the last eight years, ten years of games, which is great because I, I like the modern games that you know are better than old games in a lot of ways. But geez, these games are fine. They're they, they're at a time the PS3 graphics might have aged, but that was a time when there was no real concessions make being made for graphics. The graphics were able to portray the art style. True. You know? uh, to I think it does vary per game. I don't. So I played The Last yeah. of Us Remastered, yep. right? Which is like it's perfect. You know what I mean? As in, like, that is the best and most perfect way to play that game. You don't, like, it still looks phenomenal. And that came out, yeah. uh, like, early uh, PS4, I believe, because the the Last of Us was kind of like the swan, swan song for, for PS3. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. really, really yeah, late. So it, was, it was pushing that console and to then, its limit. Like, you know, there, there, there's a couple of things, right? The, the excuse that they use is it's a way for developers to kind of learn the ins and outs and the tools of, of the new 
um, the new console. And that's what they said about mm. The Last of Us Remastered, that it was an exercise in them for Uncharted 4 of, you know, what is the PS4 capable of? Um, but one, do we need a remake? No. Something like Dead Space, what I think of is what has evolved that would merit a remake and i think the biggest thing with like the latest console generations is ray tracing and it's lighting right which i mm. think plays into dead space's wheelhouse what i don't understand to be completely honest should do a sequel once they this this will sell can i just to look at a different side of the coin i don't mind remakes that much because they're generally just introducing games to a new a new generation of people who may not play them Mm. Um, but when I say that, that is partially because it's so difficult to play older games yeah. on, on current gen hardware. But yeah, if they're, if they're more available, exactly. Oh, I think yeah. it's, uh, Sony games are okay though. It's really the Nintendo ones that are bizarre. No man, bizarre every everything on PlayStation Three is lost. Like you can't play like Infamous. It's very, it's impossible. natively on anything. Yeah. Really, yeah. really, no. yeah? it's not it's not on PS Now or anything. No. Well, it, I think they are, but you got to stream it. Not, not you all can't download yeah, that shit because of, they, they don't know how to because uh, whatever they used Mars, I think it was like the, the cell processor, I think is what they had. Something <laughs> bespoke for PS3. You, you can't like these games are like lost. They still haven't figured out how to play them like natively on a console. So they have this whole repertoire of PS3 games that are just like Are there people out there who can't play Spec Ops the line whenever they want to? Well, our around. friend Kev who's no hands. He can't play it at all. Although he'd love, <laughs> actually, he'd love to watch The Last of Us on YouTube. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a. Co- I won't call him. Sorry, I'll pop over. Um, I actually never answered the, the. My answer is yes. I cannot wait for The Last of Us uh, TV show. Um, uh, is your one from Game of Thrones as well? Played the little angry girl who's playing Bella Ramsey. Let's go casting. Bella oh, Ramsey. And yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, only Great only casting. for the fact that one Neil Druckmann is direct, like he is involved. Right, he is he's co-writing it with um i don't know if i, I uh, probably have, i'm butchering this but it's either the writer of chernobyl or it's one of the directors who's essentially acting as the uh showrunner of uh who was the, the, one for the chernobyl. writer i think and chernobyl yeah. is in a, a fucking uh an accomplishment and it, one of the best it, tv shows the tone. you know what i mean I, I could watch chernobyl and say it's like if they not replicate it but if they bring that same nuanced approach that isn't look how big we can make this um and it's subtle in its details and it's very atmospheric um i think it'll work i, th- I, th- I think a big thing uh, about the show which, which is great they're so well casted is that you know a lot of the, a lot of it's gonna go to these actors because i just have to take a moment to say that troy ba- troy baker mm-hmm. and ashley johnson in that first game were Unreal. absolutely incredible Bar-tide. they became like they became like the gold standard for video game performances didn't they after that game yeah 100 percent. and what i uh, what I learned lately, actually, on Last of Us One is they didn't, they did, they motion tracked the performance, but they didn't do Not any the of face, the facial right? stuff. No, it's all oh, animators. Wow. It's all animators. Yeah, that was wow, mm, that's super unbelievable. To, oh my god, it, like, incredible. Um, uh, to my my last piece about about the TV show because I was actually reading about it today because um, my girlfriend I was speaking about it earlier. Um, the last of us like chapter wise is obviously set up into um seasons so i think it's uh spring summer winter or it's summer fall winter spring i, for- I forget how it's done yeah, i think it's i think it's um but what's super impressive and i assume that this is how they're doing it 
is the actual production time is almost a year for season one, which is no almost way. unheard of. No so way. I can only assume, and Marcy, you'd, you'd have some geographical knowledge of what like the surrounding of like Calgary and Alberta is like. It's so well suited mm. towards what uh, The Last of Us is and looks like in terms of its terrain and what you actually go through from small town to to forest to 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 big city. That if they actually shoot in the seasons and they're doing a fucking you know something real here and they're not using CGI backgrounds and shit, um, like this thing production wise will be super impressive. That's very exciting to hear. That's really cool. Actually, and it, no wonder it's expensive though. Huh? I know. <laughs> God, took I a know. year. I'm sure, they could sh- shoot, it on, shoot it on an iPhone. <laughs> but it was fun playing it again because uh, while I was playing it, I was like, oh, this will be episode one. You know what I mean? Like that first 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like ground zero yeah, of this yeah. thing will just be like episode one. And if they end it with, again, you know, the how they end the pre um, opening credits, like if you want to fucking catch people's viewership, pfft, Unreal. You, you could do it. You could do a shot for shot, and it, it would work so so well. Do, do you think they'll change anything about the story? I think they'll make any tweaks uh, or anything they, dramatic. They, they probably should. Mm-hmm. But I think expanding on things might be better for God. You know, fans are angry they get. But if you're, but I, I think if you're adapting something and you're doing it exactly the same, what was the point? You know. Yeah. But rather than changing things, like I think there's things fundamental to that story you couldn't change. You definitely shouldn't. But uh, yeah, I think they should change things in terms of. Different. We we don't have to be um, linked to Joel the entire time with a TV show, right? We could jump to different characters and stuff like that. You know, mm. we can expand on that. Yeah, world. I think we'll probably see more. And this is kind of one of the first things I loved about the game was um, the different groups, like the Fireflies and oh, fuck it, well, I forget the the main militia group who was you know essentially controlling uh, the quarantine zones. Uh, their their mm. name is gone for me now. Um, but expanded versions of that because you you see the Fireflies emblem like throughout the game and you hear about uh, Marlene, the leader who you're obviously bringing and you, know, you you meet her, but their history and kind of what they stand for and their side of the story, obviously you kind of see in two, um, but whether or not they'll kind of expand that in the, in the first season, hmm. we will see. It might be nice. To any listeners listening, I would definitely suggest picking up the graphic novel. I think it wasn't even a graphic novel. It was like a little comic book series. Did you guys ever read that? No. no I didn't even oh, know it, it existed, was, man. It was lovely. I think it was either... It was a digital comic with the the download for the PS3 version, I think. Um, yeah. It's fun. There's actually a few things I want to talk about in terms of Last of Us 1, but I actually think they'd be better in our Last of Us 2 episode. Uh, the ending is something I want to talk about because it's one of the most perfect endings in anything yep. ever. But I think <laughs> it, the ending is so important to Last of Us Two that I'm sure it'll come up. It'll come up there, you know. Um, I'm very excited about talking about Last of Us Two. I, I remember I said two months ago, and I was like, we're not, we're not doing an episode of Last of Us Two. But I think everything has cooled down <laughs> on, that, on, that, on that front now, you know. I know, and I want to play it again, but I don't know if I have time. I'm not going to be able to play it for the episode, but it's really, really um, fresh in my mind, even though it's many years since I played it. It's just lodged there. But Marcy, yeah, we were chronicling your, your playing of it. You excited? I, I, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, God, oh, no. Um, I, I, no, I'm excited. But honestly, man, I, just, that, I don't think I've ever played a game that heavy. Genuinely, I, I, there's nothing I can compare it to that where I was actually, when you talk about, you know, when you're saying, oh, and 
games aren't generally very funny. Uh, I think some games can be very funny, but I do agree that The Last of Us is devoid of any sense of humor at all, which fits within the the, the, the setting mm-hmm. and the, the the world for sure. But man, that was... I, I, when I remember I found out the two of you both played it in almost one sit-through. I was I like, did it in three days. Yeah, yeah. same, yeah, I think. My friend, I was like... My friends are, are, are fucked up, are pretty dark. Um, well, Marcy, yeah. it was fucking March yeah, 2020. It, you know, <laughs> I remember, and Liam, I don't know if you remember, but it was it was a bit of a therapy session, and mm. uh, Liam and I had a very very drunken um, Skype kind of night, and it was put it was about a week post Last of Us. And Liam doesn't remember this shit at all. I know, I do. I, do, <laughs> does, I, do. I just thought you were going somewhere but way it was, different. It was there. like, was it like, was like uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'll, I'll save it for the last of us two episodes. Do you? Do you know what? On um, that drunken Skype night, I spilled Lucasade all over my bedsheet. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what. Don't know what kind of innuendo that is. So I do remember it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. I do Gents, remember it. it was awful. <laughs> Before. Awful. Gents, before we leave The Last of Us, do any of you have any closing comments or anything that you'd like to say? Yeah, as uh, uh, Liam has said, it was brilliant to record you folks again to see your beautiful faces. Um, I suppose I just wanted to kind of, uh, not to end on too somber a note, but um, we'd love to dedicate this episode uh, to the memory of our friend uh, Mark O'Byrne, um, who sadly uh, passed away a few weeks ago. Um, Mark was a, a huge fan uh, of the podcast uh, he was an, uh, a very vocal critic. I used to love he'd pop over to the apartment and give me, specifically me, pointers <laughs> on my uh, my my, my, uh, my research abilities. And but he he really was a huge fan and he he loved it. And he was also a an avid video gamer, um, way ahead in esports. And have a lot of people doing it. Me and Owen were lucky enough to actually be in a. I have very. In a yeah, web- I have very very fond uh, fond memories of you, me. Uh, Mark, Derek, and a couple of the guys. We before um, esports was a thing. Before YouTube streaming, before Twitch streaming, before any of this uh, really came into you know popularity, uh, we used to do a, a FIFA Ultimate Teams uh, recording yeah. in, in in Mark's place. Um, and you know, Marcy, I, it was you who who broke the the news to me and uh, devastated and. Um, you know, a, mm. a, a great loss. Really good guy, good friend. Um, so Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Prayers are, yeah, are with Mark and Mark's family. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, but yeah, went to JK's episode to him. Um, so thanks mm-hmm. everyone for listening. Thanks for always uh, sending us kind messages, supporting the podcast. Uh, we absolutely love it. Um, we'll be back very very soon with the the Last of Us Part Two. Um, so yeah. Dun 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 dun. Da, 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 da. That's the music. We never spoke about the music. It's my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone notice that episode before last? We actually forgot to add the outro.